Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Cool Sports Network. I am Chase Coburn, and today I am joined by a very special guest, by a YouTuber who has over 40,000 subscribers on YouTube, Andrew Fendichel. Andrew, welcome to the show. What's up, man? Appreciate you having me on. This is an honor. Of course, I appreciate you coming on. So, uh, you know, to start off, you know, you're really popular on YouTube, on TikTok. You did some work for PFF last year. Just kind of break down how you kind of got your start on YouTube and all this to get to the point where you are right now. Man, yeah, it's been a journey. I can tell you that. So <laughs> I posted my first YouTube video summer after my freshman year of college. I was, so this was like 2018, I think. So what, like four or five years ago at this point. And it was a vlog. It's so cringy, but it was a vlog of me traveling with the Northwestern baseball team to Penn State. So it was like a 10 hour road trip. Wow. And I like vlogged the whole experience because I was broadcasting their games for the radio station. I was doing like play by play for Northwestern baseball. And I filmed this vlog on the trip. Horrible. I think it's still <laughs> up on my channel if you want to go back and look at it. But yeah, I was just like, YouTube seems fun. Like, I love creating content. I knew this was kind of like the idea of what I wanted to do, yeah. you know, because I did go to school for journalism. I knew like sports journalism was kind of the lane I wanted to get into. So, yeah. yeah and that was like four years ago. I think it got like 12 views, <laughs> but that's like 11 more than I thought it would. <laughs> but yeah. And then kind of just like sporadically with post, you know what I mean? Like classic yeah. didn't have time school, et cetera. And then really it was, Man, at this point, like about a year ago, I think it was November 2021, I started posting on TikTok and YouTube shorts. I graduated school, moved into my own place and was like, all right, now I have some time. Let's uh, try posting on TikTok, YouTube. Let's see you know, what the big deal is about these platforms. And had some fun, started getting a little bit of traction. And then I really started going hard at it in, I believe it was March of 2021 or 2022. I'm forgetting what year it is. Yeah, I know. It's like 2023, man. <laughs> but yeah. And then like ever since then, just really been going hard at it, posting, you know, two to four times a day. And yeah, I've been lucky enough to find a few things that work, been able to build a little bit of, of an audience and it's been a really fun, you know, nine months. So that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the short story. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the cover of your YouTube is you on the uh, NFL total access. You picked the commander yeah. the, at the time Redskins games. How did that kind of, how'd you get that opportunity? Yeah. I see you can, I see you did your research, my man. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. So that was backing up a little bit. That was the summer after my sophomore year of college, I got an internship with NFL network. I was doing fantasy football stuff for them. And part of the job was not to be like on set of total access. That's definitely not in the job description, but <laughs> it was like the end of my internship, my final week. And I went up to one of the producers that I was working with all summer. And I was like, Hey, look, like I'm trying to get into, you know, television. I think it'd be cool to like, if I could have like 30 minutes in the studio, film one or two things, put it on my like reel, you know, that'd be amazing. Right. Dream come true. <laughs> Didn't think he'd say yes. He was like, sure, what do you want to say? You got like 10 minutes to send me a script. So I like frantically like slacked him <laughs> an entire, like I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And uh, then, yeah, the next Monday I showed up to work in a suit, probably the first intern to ever do that. And <laughs> coolest thing I've ever done. Like I had the entire production crew of Total Access, like in my ear, you know what I mean? Like the full, wow. like That's cameraman, really cool. 
so cool. So like shout out to, you know, shout out to the team at NFL Network, but that's the story there. So for, yeah, 30 minutes, I got to be like, you know, an NFL Network uh, anchor, which is, you know, amazing. So. You predicted eight and eight. Did they go eight and eight that year? Or I forget. What did they, what did they even go? Seven, nine, or? Pretty sure they went like four and 12. Oh, really? All these years yep. then, yeah. And then they changed the commanders. Now, I mean, the football team, now the commanders, a lot has changed um, since then. But, you know, how do you, you know, how do you make your videos? Like, you know, what kind of platform do you, how do you make your, you know, leaking the script series, you know, just kind of break down how you make your videos. Yeah, so technically like from like a technicality standpoint like how i actually film just like on my phone it's so funny like when i first started creating content i was like i need this like crazy camera and i bought like a g7x and like you know i have this microphone that i just never use right it's like not even plugged in and it's just like yeah i literally just film all my videos on my phone directly within tiktok like obviously if you watch my content you see a lot of the stuff i do i use like a green screen yeah I mean, back there, you can see that's a green screen. I don't even use that. I literally <laughs> just use the TikTok app sitting wow. right here. So, you know, if anyone's out there, they want, they want to create content. Just know you don't need like a fancy setup. You just need right. a phone. And that's like the beauty of social media now. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, you, I use TikTok. I basically first film and edit everything in there. Then I post it. And then I just kind of take the same video, you know, show it to the YouTube audience. Been posting on Instagram recently. And uh, yeah, and as far as like ideation of like video ideas and concepts, like you mentioned the leaking the script series, it's really just like me sitting in front of my phone or computer and like brainstorming. It sounds so like rudimentary or like, you know, yeah. old school, but it's that simple. It's like, I'm watching a game, someone does something, I'm like, oh, I wanna talk about it, right? Or yeah. with something like leaking the script, I knew I had to be different because there are so many people out there now that want to talk about sports, create content. Cause it's the, it's the dream, right? Like, yeah. you know, I know you get it, Chase. <laughs> yeah, I do. And, uh, and so I knew I I'd had to be different. And so like, I was like, how can I give my prediction for the NBA finals? This was last year. So this was Celtics warriors. I was like, how can I give my prediction for the NBA finals without just saying like, Hey guys, here's my prediction. Cause like <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. Right. I'm just one of a thousand people talking about the same thing. So I was like, It'd be kind of funny if I like pretended like I already knew what happened and there was some like big conspiracy like script going on. <laughs> and yeah, I so I put out this video was like the NBA leaked the script for game three. Here's what happened. And it ended up being like, I, I need to go back and watch it. But like scarily close. It was like, I said, like, you might know, Chase. I was yeah, like, I think I you said like Celtics lead after 10 or something. Yeah. Right, oh, wait, like is that Jaylen the Jalen Brown, Brown a poster dunk one that you predicted? I think so. And yeah. then I said, like, Draymond got a technical in the second quarter. And then Steve it was like Curtin, Steve right? Kerr. Right, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And I just kind of ran with it and then uh, brought it back for the uh, NFL season this year. And that's been really fun. So, yeah. So, uh, speaking of football, I feel like it's about time that we talk some sports here. Um, so, I'm a Ravens fan. I'm still saddened by their loss yesterday. Um, but someone that hasn't been playing is Lamar Jackson, you know, all that contract stuff going on. You know, you've been a b- big believer in Lamar Jackson, actually ever since you had that game time series years ago, yeah. they were a big believer in him. So what do you, what do you think of this whole Lamar Jackson contract situation? Dude, props to Lamar, like get your money. You know what I mean? I mean, it's as simple as that, in my opinion. Um, he doesn't have anything to prove. He won an MVP ever since then. He's been a obviously very productive quarterback, like, 
you know, is he Patrick Mahomes? No, that doesn't mean he's not worth 250 million guaranteed, especially now that uh, Deshaun Watson set the market. Right. Because like, look, sports is a business, right? It's, you know, it's the same thing as if one person decided that, you know, Chipotle, like a Chipotle burrito was worth 20 bucks instead of 10 that means Chipotle can start charging $20 to that person, right? So it's like, if the value of a quarterback, and I think like even using the Deshaun example, like when Deshaun was last playing with the uh, Texans and when he was actually, you know, at his peak, he was in the tier of Lamar Jackson. I don't think Deshaun Watson was the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think anyone would say that. So if anything, Deshaun is a perfect uh, representation of what Lamar Jackson would be able to get on the open market. Some team will pay him all the money he wants. The yeah. Ravens would be dumb to not do it. And I can say as a commanders fan, I would love for us to pay Lamar Jackson <laughs> 250 million. So yeah, especially when Carson Wentz is a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, man. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm one of the biggest Lamar fans you'll see out there. But, like, do you still think, like, the Ravens should be a little concerned the fact that he's been injured the past two years? He's played, like, he's missed, like, a third of the time for the Ravens the past two years. And the fact that he hasn't proven to win the playoffs. Like, do you think, do you understand those concerns? Like, would you think of that if you were the GM of an organization? No. And I'll tell you why. Because, A, talk about the playoffs thing first. I mean, if you don't think Lamar Jackson can win in the playoffs, then, well, like, I think he will. But, like, I know what I mean. Like, yeah. Yeah, right. I know you know, but yeah. like the general you, I mean, like Nick Foles has won the playoffs. Rex Grossman's right. won the playoffs. Like Joe Flacco's won the playoffs. Like Lamar Jackson obviously has the talent. And so it's just like, I think it's been a small sample size. I think, you know, for example, the Titans game a few years ago, oh that was just like a good Titans team that like game plan for him well. You know what I mean? Like, and you're not going to win every playoff game. Like what's, so I think like, Yes, Lamar Jackson has struggled compared to his like MVP standard you know, like in the playoffs so far, but I don't think that means he can't win and he won't win. So that's that concern. I do think the bigger concern would be the injuries because like, yeah, he's a running quarterback, right? He's not, you know, built like, like, a, Cam, like a Cam Newton. And even Newton had his injury problems in his career. Yeah. That being said, like if I'm talking to the Ravens front office, like you are so blessed to have a top 10 quarterback that like wants to be in your city because again, as a commander's fan, like I would do anything to have a quarterback as good as Lamar Jackson. Like there aren't that many guys like Lamar Jackson just out there that you can go get right. When you have, when you can find one of these guys in the NFL, you have to lock them up and do everything you can because otherwise you're going to be stuck with Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz and Case Keenum for the next 10 years. And I don't think any Ravens fan wants that. I know. And like, even though like, and you think of Lamar and some people like criticize like, oh, he doesn't have a high enough passer rating or whatever. Like, even like, if you just look at like what he does with the, I think since he took over, I saw a stat or something like that on a NBC last night, the Ravens average like 28 points per game with Lamar and like 18 with every other quarterback since like 2017 or 18 or something. So like, you know, like it really shows his value, but you're on the topic of the commanders. You mentioned how frustrated you are with them. Just talk, you know, you're probably one of the better people to talk Washington commanders. So talk about your team, the good, the bad, the ugly. Just, you know, talk about the Washington commanders for us. It's, look, I mean, it's not breaking news. It, the problems with the organization start with Dan Snyder. Like, obviously, like the miscommunication of, you know, him and the coaching staff year over year, of him in the front office, like, 
there's just no like fluidity with anything we do. There's no game plan. There's no path. There's no like, I mean, even like, I'm sure you saw Ron Rivera in his post-game presser yesterday. Didn't even know we were getting about to be eliminated. He thought we had another week. Like that's just like organizational, like incompetence. And that sounds rough, but like, how do you not know like what your playoff outlook is if you're trying to win games? You know what I mean? It's, yeah, no, that's crazy. I saw that. Yeah, it's it's insane, right? And it's like we continue to do these kinds of things year over year after year, like week after week. Whether it's on the field, whether it's like the way we handled, you know, the Sean Taylor statue and we gave him like a mannequin instead of a statue, or like it's just you know what I mean. In every single yes. way, it's like yeah. we continue to just look like an amateur organization, and I think that has to go to the owner Dan Snyder. So. That's one problem. The other problem is the product on the field. And it's just so frustrating because we have talent. Like Terry McLaurin, Brian Robinson. I love I mean, Brian Jonathan, I'm such a big fan yeah, of him. Yeah. Huge fan. How can you not be? The guy like got shot and has now yeah, been yeah. like carrying our rushing attack for half a season. It's like Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, like yep. Chase Young. I mean, Cameron Curl, like Derek Forrest has been great as a safety. Like we have talent and yet going back to the whole Lamar Jackson discussion, we have not had a quarterback for at least like five years. Cause even the Alex Smith years, he was all right, but that was because of our surrounding talent, right? That was when we had like Trent Williams, at left tackle and Brandon mm-hmm. Sheriff at guard. Like we just don't have a quarterback and it feels so hopeless and helpless because that's really the formula of success in the NFL, but love Taylor Heineke to death. Can't exactly say the same thing about Carson Wentz, but <laughs> Yeah, man. I We just need a quarterback. Yeah. All right, so they're eliminated from the playoffs. Let's start talking about the playoffs. We have some big things. It just came out. I was a little upset that the, they didn't make Ravens-Bengals Sunday Night Football, but they did make Packers-Lions Sunday Night Football. That will be for a playoff spot. If the Bengals uh, lose, then they will, because this is being recorded uh, before that game, then uh, it will be Ravens-Bengals for the division. How do you think kind of this playoff seating will play out? And then who do you have going all the way in the Super Bowl? Good question. Uh, so in the as far as the final spot in the NFC, uh, it's hard to not look at what the Packers did last week and choose them. I mean, again, feels like we keep talking about the same thing no matter what the question is. But if you have the quarterback in this league, like that is like that is what you need. That is it. That is the formula to success. And Aaron Rodgers has been playing pretty well. It's also just kind of fun to like root for this Aaron Rodgers villain arc. I know, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's I do. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like ever since like he's been bad, it's like so shocking. I'm like, come on, make the playoffs, right? And like no one. I kind of feel anymore. the same way about the Lions too, though. Like they haven't made it in so long. Like part of me is like, come on, my friend's a Lions fan. I'm like, come on, just make it. You know. Well, I'll also say, look, the Lions—they're going to be so good in like two years. They will with or without Jared Goff. Yeah. Oh yeah, so they'll have their time. I would love to see like Aaron Rodgers with zero talent around him on offense, just like storm through the NFC playoffs. Also admit as a commanders fan, whatever team can beat the giants, Cowboys and Eagles in the playoffs, I'm rooting for them. So, and if I had to guess, like I think Rodgers probably gives a team a better shot than Jared Goff, even with a better surrounding supporting cast. But yeah. So as far as that Sunday night football game, I think the Packers take it, and I think they take that final wild card spot. As far as the playoffs overall, before the season, I was, you know, big Bills guy. I think everyone was. 
placed a pretty sizable wager on them to win the Super Bowl. But they just have not impressed me, really, at any point in the season. And I know they dealt with injuries, right, the secondary. Um, but I think at a certain point, you just have to look at what a team has accomplished. And it's hard to not look at the Eagles in the NFC and the Chiefs in the AFC. And it's such a boring pick. Wow, that is not what I expected. But okay, keep going, keep going. But they have been the two best teams in the NFL. And as long as Jalen Hurts is healthy, I think he has proven that he's more than just a system guy. Because I was one of the people saying like, oh, it's the system. It's not, you know, Jalen Hurts is all right. I think he's proven he's more than just a system guy. And uh, obviously what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have done this year have been incredible. And if I think the other big factor here is if the Chiefs can get the number one seed in the AFC and the Bills have to go into Arrowhead for that potential AFC championship game, I think that gives the Chiefs the advantage. And then in the Super Bowl. two times in the playoffs in Arrowhead. Crazy, right. And it's then in the crazy. Super Bowl, I think, I think Mahomes gets his second. I think the Chiefs win it in Arizona. So over, uh, over the Eagles? I yep. I'm going Chiefs over. So I have a different prediction. Okay. I actually have two different teams in the Super Bowl. Because okay. even though all you've been saying about the Bills, I feel like the Bills are the number one team coming in. And I feel like they've just like casually won six straight. No one's talked about it. Like right. maybe even seven straight tonight. Like they're coming into the playoffs, playing like the hottest team in football. And people are like, ah, the Bills. Like, I don't know. I see, I think this is Josh Allen's year. And okay. um, I think he gets it done. And I actually think it's against the 49ers. Brock Purdy's playing Ooh. terrific football. I think their defense is the best defense in football. And then when you just look at the amount of talent they have, George Kittle's been stepping up much more uh, over these past few weeks. Um, yep. I don't know exactly the injury news with Debo Samuel and all that, but, you know, Christian McCaffrey is just terrific. What else can you say? So I think those are the two teams I've coming out. I think the 49ers and Eagles will play in the NFC Championship, and that will be like the game of the year. Like, I okay. think that game, I don't think it's going to go to overtime, but it's going to be one of those games like afterwards, no matter who the winner is, like the the casual fan who doesn't cheer for either team, they're just going to look up and they're going to go like, wow, I love football. Like, it's going to be that kind yeah. of game. So it's going to be close, but I have Bills over Niners. Um, but, you know, uh, real quick, because I know we're on the topic of Jalen Hurts. Is he your MVP this year? No. Okay. <laughs> it's also Mahomes. And like, again, <laughs> what I was saying was, I Jalen Hurts has impressed me a lot. Like, you know, there are question marks going into the season of, of, again, like, is it a system guy? Like, is it just the surrounding talent? You know, and then it could turn into like, okay, he's good. Like, he's top 15. But like, what happens when the Eagles are trailing? And he, Jalen Hurts has to be the guy. And then he proved he could do that, right? And then, he, you, know, he, you know, he led a couple comebacks this season. So Jalen Hurts has been great. But no, the surrounding talent is still a huge part, like a huge part of his success. He's not the best player in football which I think we've gotten away from a little bit in sports. I think the MVP should really just be who is the best player in the, in the sport. Like, we, which we can, we can debate in a second. Yeah, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. We keep going about Hurts, yeah. Statistically, it's Mahomes. We know he's the best player in the NFL. The Chiefs have been rolling. I mean, in every way, I think Patrick Mahomes just clears Jalen Hurts. See, because I think that we've started to kind of go on your direction and say the MVP is the best player in the league. When in reality, the MVP stands for most valuable player. It's the person that shows the most value to your team. But then yet again, the problem with that is that you can go multiple years because like it's kind of also hard to say because 
if your team is the fourth seed or whatever, and their quarterback is surrounded by not a lot of talent, and they're consistently getting like the fourth or third seed, then you're going to say that guy's the MVP. But in reality, then that could just be the same thing depending on how the roster is set up. But to me, I think people started to get off track of who the most valuable player is. Like some years, it's correct. Like Lamar Jackson, 2019 for the NFL, Nicole Jokic yep. last year for the NBA. Like they were without yep. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. But I think sometimes we're just like, oh, they have great numbers. They're on a great team. Give them the award. When we're starting to get away from maybe like the 2017 Russell Westbrook. When like he's the guy that can carry the team and is the most valuable player to their team. So I feel like we need to start getting back, and this won't change, but I think we need to start getting back to most valuable. And if you go by that, Jalen Hurts has had two different sample sizes. One of them was the fact that the Eagles put up 34 on the Cowboys' defense without yeah. him. And then the second one is that they put up 10 points on the Saints' defense. It's like you really don't know. I don't think Hurts is the MVP this year. I really don't know who it is. This is the first time ever where I really don't have an MVP prediction. Because I feel like Mahomes has thrown maybe a little too many interceptions for me. But we'll have to wait and see on who the MVP is. I think they'll give it to Hertz just because of his record. But that's kind of stupid. So we'll have to see yeah. how, you know, how that ends off. But, you know, now that we're on the topic of hot takes, let's move on to basketball. And one of the biggest takes that you have, I think everyone knows that if they listen to you, Wilt Chamberlain being the most overrated player in NBA yep. history. I know you have three reasons for it. And I'll, Go as long as you need. Just tell the audience why you think, and this is one of the biggest like hot takes I've, I think I've ever heard. Um, You know, why is Wilt Chamberlain to you the most overrated player in NBA history? Because I care about winning. Like, as a fan, the highlight of my life as a sports fan was, like, the Washington Nationals winning the World Series. You know what I mean? It was the the Caps winning the World Series the year before. It's like there's nothing better than winning in sports, right? And I, it's like – and so as a player, especially in basketball where I think winning is like so directly just correlated with how good you are, whereas in, in the NFL, it's like, all right, well, like Tom Brady can't play defense, right? Or like, right. you know, an offensive lineman can't do – it's like there's too many other variables in basketball – it's so clear, right? Like you do everything on the court. It's just, you're so directly correlated with how well your team does and if you win. And so when it comes to Will Chamberlain, the guy didn't win. I mean, consistently lost to Bill Russell in the playoffs. People don't even talk about this. When he joined the Lakers, which let's talk about a weak move. People like to criticize KD for yeah, you know, know. teaming up with Steph in Golden State or criticize like Le- LeBron for going to the Heat. I mean, Will Chamberlain joined Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, and an absolute star-studded crew in Los Angeles, and no one gives him, you know, any crap for that. I mean, like, that's and, insane, though, when you think about it, too. Like, Jerry West and Elgin Baylor are, like, two top 25 players of all time. No, yeah. yeah, he just joined them. It's nuts. It's, it's nuts. Crazy. He joined them for five years and won one title. I mean, like, LeBron gets criticized for going joining the Heat for four years making the finals every single year and winning two of them. And people criticize him for that. Imagine if LeBron went to the heat and instead of Chris Bosh, it was like Kobe there or something like a top 15 guy. Yeah. And then they won the finals once in five years. That's LeBron's cool. like his career would be like eviscerated by the media. Right? right. And that's exactly what happened with Will Chamberlain. And uh, even before then, because once he joined the Lakers, he finally started playing, you know, some team ball. Right. Yeah. It's like, his, his people like to hype him up and 
some, uh, you know, look, I don't want to like say, I don't think Wilt Chamberlain was a good player. I still think he's top 25 all time, but I kind of have to be overly negative about the guy from giving this take. Right. Yeah. People like to hype him up for the 50 point a game season. Yeah. But that year, his team didn't have a good offense. It, do- it doesn't like make sense, right? You think, oh, this guy's dropping 50 a game. They're the best offense in the league. They were like league average, which to me tells me that he was just kind of like dominating the ball, taking a lot of shots. I mean, he shot like 50% from the field, which for that era is okay. But for a big man, yeah, not that great. It's not like Joel Embiid who like shoots from the outside or Cat. Like right. he's not a three-point shooter. Right. And so the scoring clearly didn't really contribute to winning or good offenses. In 1967, when he won his first title before the Lakers, in that NBA Finals, he was his team's fifth leading scorer, right? Which some people could take to be like, oh, well, right, he's a good all-around player. And I agree, but I take it to be like, this guy who we crown as like the most dominant scorer ever, like won a title by being his fifth, his team's fifth leading scorer. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just, what is he actually good at, right? And then the other part of this argument, before I let you jump back in, Chase, people love to critique uh, Bill Russell by saying, oh, like, he had like 14 Hall of Famers, right? Like, you know what I mean? He, he had help. Will Chamberlain had nobody. Not true. I counterpoint to that. It's not true. Not only can you go, like, just list out Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer that Will Chamberlain's played with, like Hal Greer, Paul Arizin, Tom Gola, Billy Cunningham. Like, these are, like, legitimate Hall of Fame talents. Like, top 75 guys even, like, some of them. Top 75 guys. But also, what if Bill Russell just made his teammates better and Will didn't? Like, we know that guys like LeBron, Jokic, their passing and their, like, team play make their teammates what they are right? That is part of basketball, making your teammates better. I think that's why Bill Russell's teammates were so good. It's because Bill made them good. Wilt didn't. So that's kind of my take. Yeah, that's interesting. I know you're always going to get hate for that, even though your reasons are so great to back it up. It's just so sometimes crazy to think about it. But, you know, what does your all-time list look like? Give me, you know, Wilt sometimes is on here. Give me your top five NBA players of all time. Of all time. Okay, I like this question. I'm actually working on, and I've been saying this for like a year now, but like I'm going to finally at some point this summer do like my top 25 ever. I'm going to do a big YouTube video about it. It's going to be great. But until then, I'll give you my top five. Yeah, we'll do a little bit of a sneak peek for uh, listeners of uh, Wiz Talk with Chase. (laughs) So number one, I think people know this. I'm a LeBron guy, right? We can make a whole nother podcast about LeBron versus Jordan. Time out. LeBron's the GOAT? LeBron's the GOAT. Oh my gosh, this is taking a turn. Wow. LeBron's the GOAT. I personally have a different opinion about that, but keep going with your Very fair. (laughs) Very fair. Next time you bring me on, we can do a big LeBron versus Jordan debate. Yes. And then, yeah, I got Jordan too. And then here's where I I need to do more research and I've been like struggling a little bit because it seems like everyone is just kind of like sharpied in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the third greatest player Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. I want to put Larry Bird there. No, please. It's I want to put Larry. Kareem's the league leading score ever. I just feel like because he plays twenty two seasons. If you want to talk about overrated, I think Kareem is one of the most underrated players of all time. Everybody gives Magic Johnson so much credit, even though he was great. What would Magic do without Kareem? 
I mean, we saw in Magic's rookie year in the finals, Kareem wasn't, didn't play the game. Magic Johnson won finals MVP by playing center as a rookie. What, dropped like 40 That's and one of the best 10. in sports history. Pretty wild. I agree with you. I think Kareem's career is incredible, but I think he gets a little bit too much credit for the longevity aspect. Like, at his peak, did Kareem have the third best peak ever? I don't know. I feel like peak Bird was better than peak Kareem. Wait, so this is, hold on. I, I need to ask you this because this is interesting because usually when I hear a LeBron Jordan argument, it's LeBron has the longevity. But if you're someone that's against longevity, and the how do you have LeBron ahead of Jordan? So I'm not against longevity. I just think it has to be part of the equation. And it's also, you need longevity paired with like, a, like talent, right? You want to be really good for a very, really long time. Like yeah. Vince Carter playing until he was 40 or whatever, when he was I mean, averaging like yeah. seven points a game with the Hawks or whatever. Like no one cares, right? That, that, that doesn't help Vince Carter's argument. Yeah. But when Vince Carter was at his peak with the Raptors dropping 30, like dunking on everybody, shooting 40% from three, like that's, that's crazy, right? And so the LeBron argument is that he has longevity and that matters, especially because he continues to win at, like until, you know, the last couple of years. But then it's also like peak LeBron, I think, is the best player ever. And that's really the argument I have and why I'm a LeBron guy. So I think like 2013 Miami Heat LeBron – was just the best basketball player we've ever seen. Like combination of passing, you get it, right? The score, I mean, is that, scoring was LeBron's worst skill and he was averaging 30 on good efficiency. And he's going to be the league's leading scorer. <laughs> it's nuts, right? The guy is just an incredible basketball player. It's crazy player. because even though I have MJ as the goal, and I think I still will, even though LeBron is going to break Korean scoring record, I think I'd still have uh, MJ as the goal. I feel like every single year, my willingness to want to put LeBron like when I started being a like a big basketball fan in 2019 I'm like LeBron's fourth and I'm like no LeBron's third I'm like no LeBron's second like I feel yeah. like every single year as he continues to average 30 points a game at 38 years old like I'm just like I'm running out of arguments you really do at some point like I really incredible I, I still think MJ's the go but I feel like I am running out of a lot of arguments against LeBron James because it's really hard like, right. look, at, look at what LeBron can do it's just unbelievable. And the one argument that, as a LeBron guy, I can't argue with is, well, Jordan went six for six in the finals. And he has six rings. He's got more than LeBron. He never lost. And while I think that's great and obviously, like, an incredible achievement, I think LeBron making it to, what, nine straight finals is mm -hmm. underrated. Like, I don't understand. I've never understood I why guess so people say losing... it's a weak Eastern Conference. So, like, DeMar, well, didn't DeMar DeRozan own the Eastern Conference for, like, two two or three years? Like Right. The Raptors had the one seed. All right, yeah. then why do we give Allen Iverson so much credit for beating? You know who Allen Iverson in 2001 beat in the Eastern Conference Finals? No, I actually don't. It's surprising. The Milwaukee Bucks. Can you name one player on that team? Was Ray Allen on the team? Then? So, Ray Allen, great call. And then, like, um, their second best play, yeah. like – Michael Red was on the team, but he, like, barely played. I mean, it was, like, Ray Allen and a bunch of, like, decent players. It was, like, an eight seed in today's NBA. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But people love to give Allen Iverson credit for, like, dragging the Sixers to the NBA Finals. Fair point. And, again, what, what else do you want him to do? Like, do you want him to get, like, David Stern to, like, ship Kobe to the East just so he has, like, a tougher road? Yeah. LeBron yeah. played who he had to play, and he beat them every single year. And then I think year. the best part, too, is that he left the East – Went to the West and won in his first healthy year there. Right. That's crazy. So, yeah. So I just think like, would you, I mean, like Jordan lost 
before the finals year, like multiple years? Are we giving him like, you know what I mean? Are we not like uh, giving him credit? LeBron taking his team to the finals every single year and what that does to his body and the fact that he's still out here just doing it, dropping what, like 50, well, he almost had like a 50 point triple double on his 38th birthday. <laughs> it's just, it's just, if you really think of it like that though, like when you say it that way, that's insane. Like, I can't even get out of, the, out of bed in the morning without feeling sore and I'm 24. <laughs> How does LeBron drop 50? I don't All right, get so it. Let's keep, let's keep going here and wrap it up. So you have Larry Bird three, I assume Kareem four. So again, I'm I right now. If I had to give a take, if I had to like gun to my head, who do I have third all time? I'll say Kareem. But mm-hmm. I think Bird is fourth, and then I have Magic Johnson fifth. Okay, so you have Bird ahead of Magic. That is also something I don't agree with. So my top five okay. is this, and I I've had very simply I've I my top four has been this way for a good half a year to a year now. It's MJ, LeBron, Kareem, and Magic in that order in the top four. And then, okay. fifth, and then a fifth, I'm always stuck between a trio of Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, right. and Kobe Bryant. Those are the three. Okay. I and I assume you have Kobe third out of that list, because I think you just made a video saying Tim Duncan, basically part of it was saying Tim Duncan's better than Kobe. And uh, I, I think my, my dad would have a lot of fun talking to you about that, because he thinks Tim Duncan's better, too. And I've always told okay. him that. <laughs> but, okay. um, but yeah, so I actually think I'm going to insert Larry Bird into that spot because I've been thinking about how underrated Larry Bird is. But I personally just need to have Magic ahead. I know this doesn't matter, but like, one, he beat him in college. Then he had a better record against him in the finals. Won more championships, mm-hmm. same amount of MVPs. Like, even though Bird was great, I just don't think there's an overall argument, like a great argument, like there is for LeBron over MJ, to say Bird's better than Magic. You know what I mean? Well, the argument, the, I don't know what you mean because I have <laughs> Bird higher. Right. The argument like, is argument? A. So the argument A is that as a basketball player, right? I think Bird is like people say LeBron's the best all-around player ever. I actually think it's Bird. I mean, Bird is Bird was almost like LeBron, but like a forty percent three-point shooter, like a and Passing shooting was maybe his best skill. Yeah, Bird was an incredible passer. He was. I agree. LeBron. Yeah. LeBron's better at everything else, which is yes. why LeBron's better. Yeah. But as far as like true, just like all around, like a minus to like a level of skill at every single trait, like it is 2K. Larry Bird has at least like an A minus at every single skill. Yep. Even LeBron, it's like, right. It's like, well, his, you know, shooting's probably like a B. I don't know, right? If we really went through it. Larry Bird, there was nothing this man couldn't do. I mean, passing, incredible. Defense, people think he's just some like slow white guy. He's an yeah. all, D, all NBA defense guy, like, like year times, after year. Though, right? Like eight times. I all think defense. so. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And, like, the Celtics were obviously legendary defensive teams. Big part of that was Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. The scoring, he was averaging 30. Again, like, winning three-point contests. He was clutch. Like, I think as far as, like, the actual skill of basketball, Larry Bird, there was nothing this guy couldn't do. And then the argument about him versus Magic, well, Bird won three MVPs before Magic won his first. Like, Larry Bird was the better player. And I think that that is – at least in the beginning of their careers. And then Bird, you know, towards the end, started dealing with the back problems. And yeah. then that's kind of where his career went downhill. But, yeah, I mean, like, out of the gates, it was Larry Bird's league, not Magic Johnson's. Yeah. And Magic kind of took it over when he won 87, 88, and then made it 89, too. But, um, right. you know, that's the all-time NBA list. Good that we have a, the same top five. We just have them in a different order. Um, yep. 
I do want to ask you real quick. You just recently made a YouTube shorts where you did your top 10 best players in the 21st century, basically. Okay. Interact I think I know where this is going. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Where's Shaquille O'Neal? Shaq, I'm sorry. I, I just, I won't even say I forgot because I didn't even forget. I was just like, when I went to make that video, I wasn't sure what to do with Shaq yeah. because he played half of his career before 2000. So I was like, if I'm doing a top 10 of all time after 2000, because at first I was like, do I even include anybody who played at all in the 90s? And I was like, well, then I can't include Kobe. I can't include KG. I can't include like, yeah, you know, Allen Iverson. So I was like, all right, maybe I only include guys who played more than half their career in the 2000s. Okay. So I was like, okay, because that allowed me to use Kobe, you know, KG, right? But then Shaq doesn't really count. And I was like, you know, and then like, obviously Shaq, like 2001, 02, 03 was like one of the most the best Shaq. Yeah. Right. Which is why you're right. You should, I'm glad you called me out for this because I made a mistake. Like I, Shaq should be on the list. But my thought process was like, all right, he had like four elite years and then kind of just, you know, he was still good with the Heat, obviously a big part of that championship like, run. Like, terrible in the finals, just like, and Dwayne Wade decided to turn into, like, a beast. Like, I, I know I wasn't was, right. alive then, but, like, yeah. Yeah, D. Wade averaged 42 a game for the last four games. Right. It, nuts. But um, I was just like, all right, am I going to really include a guy who had, like, call it five good years over, like, Kawhi Leonard, who's been, like, one of the best players in the NBA for 12 years now or something? Yeah, I should have. I should have because yeah. Look, if you even just look at the stuff that Shaq did in the early two thousands, that's worth like, that's a Hall of Fame career right there. Just two thousand yeah. to two thousand four Shaq. So, you, I'm glad you called me out. Also, I don't know if you saw this. <laughs> it's also funny because Shaq posted me on his Instagram story yesterday. Oh, you did? I didn't see this. Whoa. Yeah. Say, say this real quick because I know we're gonna get to the next topic. But just say this real quick. Shaquille O'Neal, this is crazy. He posted one of my Instagram reels onto his Instagram story with 27 million followers yesterday. Just no context. He just posted it. So, shout out to Shaq. Hey, Shaq, Shaq listens to you. I think think right there, that's worth more than like 10,000 of your subscribers. You're like, Shaq is listening to me. But let's talk about some current basketball. I want to kind of get through this quick because I want to get to some Wizards at the end. But Luka Tachic. Oh my goodness. Like I saw a part of that Mavericks Knicks game, but like I didn't see all of it. Now I've rewatched the highlights. All of a sudden I get a notification on my phone and it says Luca has a 50 point triple double. And then all of a sudden I wake up the next morning and it says Luca finished with 60, 21, and 10. And I'm like, I, I I wanted to make I literally was looking it up to make sure my phone didn't glitch. I'm not joking. I literally looked it up on ESPN to make sure that my phone didn't glitch. And it didn't. I mean, wow. Just, I don't even have words for that game. Just wow. It was crazy because my first reaction, I was like lying in bed. I think I just gotten home from like playing golf or something. And I wasn't watching the NBA that night. And uh, I got the notification. I felt like guilty. I was like, I just, and I was just watching like YouTube videos instead of witnessing one of the greatest games ever. I was like, how can I like turn back time and watch it? I know. That's so, what I was thinking. I felt like guilty. I was like, man, I kind of messed up here. So I ended up actually going back and watching the entire second half. And it like it could have been better. 
I don't think people talked about this. If Luca could have easily had 70 because like, and again, this is only watching the second half. He had like, I think a three point play called back. Uh, he had like a couple open threes that he should have made. He had like a corner catch and shoot three. He just missed. You know what I mean? It's like he could have easily had 70. He could have had like 20 assists. Like the stat line could have been better, which doesn't even like make sense to say out loud. But un- unbelievable. The guy is just nuts. He's crazy. All right. So let's talk about this real quick. Do you think just kind of, you know, quick answer. Do you think Luka Doncic is the best player in basketball? No. I agree. Giannis? Yeah. All right. All right, at least we agree on that. I think it's Giannis, and I don't even think, even though Luca's so good, I don't even think it's like, like it's Giannis, and I know if podcast, radio, you guys can't see this, but it's Giannis and it's everyone else. Like, they're all, like, in another category. I think Giannis is just a step above everyone else. Giannis is, I think, a top 20 player all time, and he's not even 30 years old. Yeah. Remarkable. But, totally agree. Um, I know, let's answer this one real quick, too. Um, I know you're a big fan of Paolo Bancaro. Do you think he's the future of the league, or really, who's going to be, like, that player that fans of our generation are going to remember after like 10 years from now? It's not going to be Paolo. Okay. I, I, I think he's going to be like top five perennially at his peak. Like maybe, you know, four years from now, I think he'll start like, like, uh, I don't know who to compare him to. I don't really want to compare him to anybody, but like, yeah, I think Paolo will be in that like MVP conversation for at least 10 years in his career. I don't think he'll ever get to be like the face though. I think the answer to that is Luca. Just given how much, how fun he is, how he's like enjoyable he is to watch. He's 23. he's 23. It's just like, he's got that swagger. Like the media loves him. Everybody loves him. I think he's more the face. And I think he wants to be the face. Like Paolo, um, you know, in the few interviews I've seen from him, like he's a pretty quiet guy, right? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But it's like, Mike Trout should be a bigger deal in baseball, partly because he doesn't want to be, right? I think yeah. Mike Trout kind of likes to be just, you know, living his life. Aaron Judge likes to be the face of baseball. Bryce Harper, exactly. So mm-hmm. I think, like, to be the face, kind of need to have the personality of the face. And I think Luke has got it. I think he does, too. I, I absolutely agree with you on that. Real quick, you had Clippers over Bucks. <laughs> Who do you have winning it all now? Would you kick me off the show if I say I'm sticking with Clippers over Bucks? Even uh, now? I wouldn't, but I contemplate it. <laughs> I, I would consider it. You still have the Clippers? So, look, the Clippers, I've been a kind of a mess this year. They're still playing good basketball, despite Paul George and Kawhi continuously being in and out of the lineup. They still have the talent. Like, before the season, the reason why I was a big Clippers guy and I picked them to win was not because I thought they were going to win 60 games, all their players were going to be healthy, and they would just be this dominant regular season team. It was because I thought that once we get to the playoffs, give me a team with their depth, their, like, superstar talent, and, like, Kawhi Leonard, and, like, let's ride, right? Yeah. And I still think that can happen, right? I think as long as they get to the playoffs and are healthy, I think that Clippers team can match up with every team in the NBA. Like, Ivaka Zubac is a really good center. He can bang down low with a Jokic. He could bang with a Joel Embiid, right? He can also, like, give you points if you need him to. He can play pick and roll. He can play drop coverage. Like, he can kind of do everything at the center spot. They can obviously go small. They have depth. You know, you know I'm a John Wall guy, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Reggie Jackson, like, like Luke Kennard can shoot. Well-rounded team. Well-rounded team. Really well-rounded team, and they can do a lot of different things. It's like, 
I almost like the reason part of the reason the Celtics were so good last year is because like they could just adjust that defense to whoever they were playing. It's like if they if you need to go big, they could go big. If you needed them to go small, like that was part of your, that was part of your like when you were hyping up the Celtics and you picked the Warriors. That was one of your reasons why. Right. Yeah. And I think on paper the Clippers can do that, but even better because I think at their peak, Kawhi and Paul George are. I mean, maybe not better than Tatum, but like they're both better than Jalen Brown, right? So it's like having those two wings along with potentially better supporting talent, I think is what made me so excited about the Clippers. Now, like if I'm being objective here, it's like, yeah, it's hard to not look at, I would say the Bucks and the Celtics and just not pick one of them to come out of the East. And I know like at this point, the Bucks have fallen off a little bit. They are obviously without all three of their big guys against us last mm-hmm. night yeah um you know the nets are playing well the nuggets are always playing well but yeah i'm gonna stick with clippers over bucks wow that out of all the possibilities that was not the possibility that was not one Look, of them man, at this time last year weren't the celtics the eighth seed in the east yep they were a lot can happen in half a season so we're both, I know you guys can't see on the podcast, we are both wearing Wizards gear right now. Uh, Andrew's got his John Wall jersey on. I've just got my basic Wizards sweatshirt. Uh, but let's talk some Wizards. Starting off, what are we on a four or five game win streak? I run a podcast about them. I don't even know how many games we won. We just keep winning and winning. And even though we had like the worst losing streak, we, won, like, we lost like 11 straight. But we're doing this without Bradley Beal. You weren't a big believer of that Bradley Beal contract. Just as a Wiz talk with Chase viewers here, you know, talk about, uh, Bradley Beal, kind of what you think of that contract. Look, man, I love Bradley Beal. Like, that is my guy. You know, yeah. like, us Wizards fans, I think we all feel the same way about Bradley Beal. Yeah. Like, we will ride for Bradley Beal, but we're also, it's okay for us to be, like, somewhat critical of him or, like, yeah. somewhat harsh on the contract because it's not a good contract, right? Like, he's the, what, I think, third highest play, paid player in the league or something second, like that. He's Second highest, Second. Yeah. He's not the second best player in the NBA. Right, I I can be the biggest Bradley Beal guy in the world. He's not the second best player in the NBA. And based on the injury history, I mean, it's just continued into this year. He's out again right now for a stretch with a hamstring. He plays like five games, and it's like, oh, Beal's hurt again. Like whenever I share the news, like my parents are big Wizards fans. I'm like, Beal's hurt again. They're like, wasn't he already hurt? I'm like, no, he played right. He's gotten COVID like 17 times or something. Like it's like. (laughs) we can love Bradley Beal while also being like, Hey, like we expect more from you. And I think that's how I feel. Like he hasn't shot the three pointer well in like five or six years. Mm-hmm. Right. His scoring's obviously way down from a few years ago when he was averaging 30. I mean like that um, team with Russell Westbrook, the way Westbrook was able to get him the ball and the Beal scored, that was a great team in the second half of the year. It's a shame that kind of broke up. Really good team. Right. And like, I mean, his, his effort defensively hasn't been good in a few years. Like, I think it's fair for us all to be like, Brad, we love you. We will ride for you. Like you have been a huge part of this organization for over a decade now, but we still expect more. So that's kind of where I'm at with Brad. All right. So do you think they should take for Victor Wembanyama? Just yes or no answer. Cause I want to talk about Wemby. Yes. All right. So you think they should take, I know you said that at the beginning of the year. I wanted to see if your prediction stayed the same. My thing, and this may be my Wilt Chamberlain hot take, like, not about Wilt okay. Chamberlain, like, kind of like your Wilt Chamberlain hot take. Mine is that Victor Weminyama, he will be the number one overall pick, but I'm not sure if he should be. Because yeah. um, I'm not sure if you know him, but a great a YouTuber also, Jimmy Highroller. Do you know him? Yeah, great YouTuber as well. Yeah, um, his videos are just awesome too. But he was mentioning, I think a few months ago now, it may even be a year, I really forget, it's, it's time flies, but 
he was mentioning how these tall big men who have all this potential, like shoot from the outside, do all this, always have injury problems. What is he, 7'5"? It's like the longest wingspan a human could ever have. He could do all the skills on the basketball court. It's kind of like Lamar Jackson running the ball. He's bound to have injury. I'm not sure if he could play over nine years in the NBA. So as an organization, do you take that risk? Like, is he going to be a Yao Ming kind of guy, a guy with a ton of talent, but his height kind of hurts his game? And that's my personal opinion about Victor Wembanyama. I like a guy like Scooter Henderson more. He may not have as high of a like a ceiling, but he has a much sure. higher floor. That's my thing. Victor, Victor Wembanyama. All right, I'll disagree. Do you agree with that? I'll or, yeah. No, I don't. I I okay. see what you're saying. I really do. And like, look, this thought process has gone through my head too because I think Scooter Henderson's an absolute star too. He is. Problem this: a you talk. Let's let's first address you. You said about the floor. How does Wemby not have the higher floor? Worst case scenario, he just sits and shoots threes, and he's like a better Michael Porter Jr., right? Yes, I think he has a lower, uh, I mean, a lower floor because of um, injuries. The, the point is, like, and you look sure. at what you do for your organization, it's lower than what maybe Scooter can do. Sure. Okay. I would argue hyper athletic, athletic point guards that need the ball for the entire game also have an injury history. Derrick Rose, John awesome. Wall, Russell Westbrook, like, that archetype of player also I've never thought of that. That's history. a really interesting thought, yeah. Like, I don't think you can go into, like, projecting a player's career and just be like, oh, well, that guy's probably going to get an injury, so let's not take them. Right. Or, like, right. whatever, right? It's like every NBA player, every type of NBA player has dealt with injuries. Like a, a slower, small forward like Kawhi Leonard has had an injury history. Like Paul George has had injury. It's like you can't project injuries. And I, and I agree, like – it seems like these big men with the feet problems specifically have a even more prominent injury history than anyone else. But it's also like, if you watch Wemby, I would argue he's much more like uh, Kevin Durant in how he runs or like a Kevin Garnett and yeah. like moves than a Yao Ming or an Embiid. He's not this like big, like, you know, bruising guy. He just, he runs and, and so And I agree. Rapidly. That's what makes me change too. I'm just a little concerned. Like eventually it's just the body type, you know? I just get a little concerned about that. But like if the Which Wizards tanked and they got Victor Weminyama, I'm not going to be like, no. Like I'm going to be like, I'm going to be jumping up and down. I'm going to order a jersey as soon as they come out. But like, right. you know, but like, you know, whatever. That's just my personal take. We'll see what happens. But then, you know, I know I understand your point too. And I've gone back and forth on this. I just think, kind of want to share that because I think there is a, some risk there. Uh, what do you think the Wizards should? I, I know you said you should have they should tank, but with the way they've been playing recently, even without Beal, they are too talented to tank. So to tank, what moves do they need to make at this deadline? Or yeah, they need to make it at the deadline or before the deadline to be able to tank to get to that point where they can get Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, I mean they need to trade Kuz and they would need to trade Porzingis, right? Like those would be the two moves. Trading Porzingis would be pretty sad because I love Porzingis at this point. I love I watching just... Porzingis play. And even Kuzma, right. too. Like, I think Kuzma's, like, such a fun guy to watch. Like, he'll just come up with oh, yeah. He may have five turnovers a game, but he'll get you, like, 25. I don't know. I think Kuzma's a fun player. I was at that – I was at the Wizards game – or the Wizards-Clippers game, what, two weeks ago? I don't know if you remember watching that one. It was at, like, 1 o'clock or, I guess, 4 o'clock on a Saturday. 4 o'clock Eastern, oh, 1 o'clock yes, Pacific. Yes, I wasn't able to watch it because the Ravens were playing. I knew – there was – I was like – Don't I blame you. Yeah. Right. Kind of a boring game, but I actually went to crypto.com arena to watch it. 
And That's Kuzma cool. was so fun. Like, he had the one play where, like, no one did anything, and he was, like, 40 feet from the basket. He just pulls up from three over yeah. that play. Like, yeah. So, look, it'd be sad to trade these guys because they are fun to watch. But also, if Kuzma, like he said, is going to opt out of the player, uh, the player option for next year and demand – 140 million over four years or something we can't give him that so if he's gone anyway i kind of feel like we should trade, trade him. him and like yeah. porzingis's value has never been higher i mean remember like we he's traded... not getting hurt that much he's playing great ball he's playing yeah. basketball too You're like, right. we that traded we traded spencer dinwiddie and davis bertans for this guy like it's at true, this point be. it's a fleece yeah, yeah. at spencer this point dinwiddie like was just yeah, that didn't work out well he was not good for us. I love Bertans to this day, but he's not good at basketball. He's right? just like, too big of a contract. It was just like, it was just like he, right. was, he was being paid. And I like Davis Bertans. He comes to the game, but he's being paid $15 million to pay fit, like play 15 minutes a game. And, and shoot 15% from three. He's basically right. a liability on the defensive end. Yeah. Like, so it's just not worth it. And we got a borderline all-star for them too. So even yeah, if you crazy. just want to look at it, like let's say now we could flip Porzingis for – a good young player and a first or something, or maybe two firsts. Yeah. It's like, well, then let's just look at it as we traded Bertans and Dinwiddie for a young player, a first and a second. Like That is what I've been doing. Let's talk with Chase. I've been doing like, we traded John Wall and like right. Davis Bertans for this. And now we can turn right. that into this too. That's what I've been doing on my podcast and stuff. But, and I think if you're the Wizards, that's how you have to look at it. And Bradley Beal, I trade him. He's just untradeable contract, I think, right now. So yeah. that brings me to the point. Do you think the Wizards will do that? And how do you think no. these next few years for the Wizards will go? <laughs> Man, I think about the same as it's going this year, <laughs> like, which sucks, but like, it's kind of where we're at. You said you mentioned Bradley Beal and his contract. It is untradeable, and it, we are kind of just stuck with it. And we're going to have to now build around his contract for the next five it's years. It's hard because he's under for a player like him, you need so much to build around. And now our salary cap is in t- a terrible position to be able to build around him. Right. And the reason why I don't think we'll ever tank is because of just look at how we've drafted and look at the way Tommy Shepard has approached the draft. It's Rui Hachimura, right? Like multiple year player in college, high floor, low ceiling. And then it was, Denny fell to us at the ninth pick. I don't think we expected him to be there, but even he was more of like a higher floor, lower ceiling guy. Johnny Davis, dare I say his name, like multiple year player in Wisconsin. I feel you, man. That's my reaction too. But like, like in that draft, he was like the multiple year player in college, like played for a good program supposedly good defensively like he was the safe player right like Corey Kispert he was we know what we're getting from he's going to be a good role player like low floor or high floor low ceiling that's what we've continued to do in the draft and and that's kind of what our team is now you know what it gets you it gets you the exact same thing it gets you mediocrity that's exactly Exactly. what it gets you right exactly and so because of that I think Tommy Shepard has just approached this as a we have Beal he's our quote-unquote superstar let's just play safe around him build a safe team to maybe sell tickets whatever and that's you know that's just kind of what we're destined for for the next few years as sad as it is yeah 
you know what? I'm going to enjoy this Wizards team all it is because I don't know if it's going to blow up. I'm personally enjoying us winning. I don't know about you. I just like seeing us win. But, uh, you know, we are going to wrap it up here. This was, I think, the longest episode I ever made, but I think the most fun episode uh, that I've ever made. Andrew Fennichel, thank you so much for joining us um, here on the show. We really uh, do appreciate it. All of the links is YouTube. Every single thing that you could possibly view of, An- of Andrew will be in the description. If you want to follow him on all of his socials, I'd highly recommend doing so and watching a lot of his videos. Again, he has that big video coming out in the summer. Uh, you'd want to stay tuned for that. But I hope you guys did enjoy. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and we, of course, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.